this EPP Group podcast on the Fit for 55 package of measures that aim to slash the EU's CO2 output 55% by 2030. In the last 30 years, Europe reduced, on average, less than 1% of its CO2 emissions every year. Now, until 2030, we will have to reduce by more than 3% every year. That is very ambitious. It's been a tough battle to get it through a divided European Parliament on how to achieve this ambition set by the climate law. We talked to a number of the EPP Group's MEPs involved in shaping the package, seeking a way to make it a win-win for people, planet, jobs, and businesses. Jessica Polfiard gives us the elevator pitch for the measures. Fit for 55 package is a follow-up from the climate law where we set out the roadmap for how to reach the climate goals. Everyone has to be a part of the solution and not one single country can do it on its own. It's up to everyone to really realize that this is also an opportunity. We can see this happening in Sweden at the moment where we to transform our old industries like steel, like mining, into green ones. We don't want to close down Europe. We want it to be a competitive union and we want it to be, to be uh, uh, have future investments. So it's, it is important to also have the green transition, I would say. And how can we make all Europeans part of the solution? Here is EPP Group Vice Chair Esther de Lange on the EU's Social Climate Fund to help get all Europeans on board and keep them on board. Well, the Social Climate Fund is important because we know that on the one hand, we need to fight climate change and we need an ambitious package of laws to do that. On the other hand, we also know that that's what, that will have a social impact. Uh, and we are concerned uh, that the biggest impact will be on those countries those households in all of our 27 member states that can least afford it. So to kind of soften uh, that impact, we also need a social climate fund, not only to help you pay your monthly energy bill, that helps you once, but hopefully also to help you invest in um, insulation of your house or more green mobility. And that's the idea behind it. Uh, and it should be part of that package. Yes, ambition, but also keep an eye on the social impact. You can't be ambitious about fighting climate change without strengthening the emissions trading system, one that puts a price on carbon through a system of carbon credits. It's key for using market forces to pressure emissions cuts. It's one of the highly contested parts of the package, how to reinforce ETS without hurting Europe's industries. The EPP Group's Peter Lisa told us about putting more teeth in ETS. ETS is the most important part to stop climate change. We also need a good infrastructure and we need also standards in the industry. But without ETS, we will just not make it. The ETS is the biggest part of the climate package and it will reduce much more emissions than other parts. For example, 25 times more than CO2 cars, where we discuss a lot. It's just that we incentivize everybody that saves emissions. We had problems because uh, the ETS was too weak in the beginning. Now it has teeth and it will get even more teeth. So everybody who thinks he can continue to pollute with the old factory and not using modern technology to decarbonize will have a hard time. But those that do invest, they will be rewarded. At the same time, we add new sectors Maritime is very important. The most dirty part of the fuel goes to ships and they create a lot of environmental problems. We need 
to encourage them, we need to force them to use cleaner fuels and modern technology. And then we will also extend the ETS to road transport and buildings, you know, especially road transport is important. We need to reduce emissions, but in road transport, they are going up. So it's the opposite of what we owe to our children and grandchildren. That's why it must be included. And it should be also something that brings third countries uh, on board because we will introduce a carbon border adjustment mechanism. So either Chinese companies will also decarbonize what we want or they have to pay. So it's also the instrument to make climate policy global. The transport sector is one where emissions trading can have a strong impact, requiring a range of solutions to shift away from internal combustion engines. But there's intense debate over how to do that. The EPP group wants a 90% reduction, but has opposed an outright ban. Adam Giesecke argues that technology shouldn't be prescribed from the top, with flexibility for synthetic or biofuels, for example. He explains. The Commission proposed a 100% reduction until 2035. This would mean all cars have to be electric, just electric. And we think that a basket of um, options is better, uh, technology openness, and no ban of a combustion engine. Is Europe really ready for electric cars? I think the, the path for electric cars is there. We have electrification, we have many car manufacturers which go in this direction. Uh, but on the other hand, there is still room for a combustion engine and for improvement of this engine. If you have the fuel that is uh, on the basis of renewable energy, if you have, so to say, clean fuel, that might be an option to decarbonize as well. And why is it important to give enough time for the auto industry to make that conversion? I think we, we need the time because uh, we need the time for the trans transformation of the sector. If we have two ambitious goals, we will have a disruptive effect. We will have thousands of losses of jobs, more than 500,000 jobs just with the combustion engine in Europe. So if we want to have a smooth transition, uh, we need enough time for industry to adapt. We should not put all eggs in one basket. We should have all options and we should be technology open. Fit for 55 aims to make aviation part of the effort. Sunshana Glavak can tell us more, beginning with a global view of Fit for 55. Fit for 55 package should provide an equal chance to all technologies and a fair distribution of the burden of the transition. The European Commission has presented the Fit for 55 legislative package proposing a revision of 13 regulations, including the emission trading system, the Renewable Energy Directive, the Alternative Fuels Infrastructure Directive and the Energy Efficiency Directive. Given that this is an important and large packet, it will uh, drastically affect the European economy, but also society as a whole. Uh, we want to protect our planet and uh, leave it to the next generation in good shape. With the ETS Aviation Report, we are aligning the, the aviation sector with our climate goals. We need to respect our goals, but those goals also must be a reflection of our today's reality. And we cannot allow the industry to bear the whole burden. At the same time, it is necessary to pay attention to the situation in regards to jobs but also to the change brought by new technologies that must be in line with the goals we have set for ourselves. Uh, our goals is to preserve our mobility and industry while being aligned with our climate goals. During our negotiations within the ENVI committee, I was insisting on the fact that we must uh, offer decarbonization solutions to the aviation sector if we want to align the sector with our climate goals. 
Agriculture is another key sector in the green transition through the Farm to Fork program and the Common Agricultural Policy. To get fit for 55, Norbert Linz says make agriculture part of the solution, not the problem. The climate policy of the European Union should not go against the farmers. The opposite should be the case. It should help the farmers. It should enable the farmers. It should give incentives to the farmers to do their job, to, uh, to be able to fulfill the job uh, they have to do to mitigate uh, climate change. For example, to be able to do more when it comes to carbon uh, farming. And this needs incentives, this needs uh, money, and uh, this needs the right regulatory framework. We have to bring the farmers in the, in the position to make use of all the available technologies, for example, digitalization, precision farming. And with these technologies, they would be able to use less fertilizers, but on the same time with the same output. Then they would be able to use or to have a better output with the input they use. Or, for example, they can make use of feed additives, which could bring them in a position to have at the end less methane uh, emissions when it comes to cattle. Linz says the EU can help foresters capture CO2 with more incentives. I would say that sustainable forest management is the key or term uh, which uh, can bring forest owners and managers into the position to do more for uh, carbon removals and carbon storage that they are able to produce more carbon sinks in the European Union. A global trading superpower, the EU also needs to get its trading partners to cut their carbon footprint or risk putting EU firms at a disadvantage. The reasoning behind a carbon border adjustment mechanism is to avoid companies moving out of Europe if costs of producing in Europe are higher due to stricter EU emissions cuts than outside Europe. Fit for 55, only possible with all on board, the EU27 and their citizens, while showing leadership and ambition on a global level to meet the Paris Climate Accords for people and planet, and giving everyone an incentive to drive the innovation we need, as Dr. Peter Lisa says. Everybody who has a good idea and implements them should be rewarded, and that is now valid for almost the whole economy. We want to use the market forces to decarbonize Europe. And I think that's the key when we want to be climate neutral. That's all for now on this EPP Group podcast. Keep in mind the handle at EPP Group for any social networking and find out more info about the latest developments at eppgroup.eu. I'm Chris Burns. Thanks for listening.